Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Turn to your neighbor and ask, are you ready? Amen. Let's get ready. So Matthew, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. I'm thankful for the word of God. It is, it is my most favoritistest thing in all the world. I love my Bible. Um, if uh, you were ever um, younger in student ministries with me, when you heard me say this a lot, or even if you're in Next Steps or Growth Track, you'll hear me say it frequently, read your stinking Bible. And the reason why I say read your stinking Bible is because my Bible stinks. And so uh, you're like, wait, what? Why does your Bible stink? Because I, I read my Bible while I'm cooking. I read my Bible while I'm drinking my coffee. I read my Bible while I'm eating. I read my Bible when I'm having midnight snacks. I read my Bible uh, in my daily life. And so uh, I'll be at my office and I'll be drinking coffee or something and I'll spill coffee on it. My co- my- that wasn't the coffee page. That had to have been the garlic page. But my Bible smells because I use it. It smells like me. It smells like the word of God. It smells that's alive and fresh and ready to benefit me when I simply open its pages. And this book, somebody once told me, a great man once told me, this book will keep me from sin, but sin will keep me from this book. So I've decided to stick this book in me as much as I possibly can. Just like David said, I'll meditate when I wake up in the morning. I'll dwell on the precepts of your law in the, in, in the midnight hour. I will have it continually before my eyes. This book is a great, not just book, because the Bible is alive, I believe. I believe that the word of God will change you if you'll just allow it. It will teach you how to be successful in life. It will teach you how to love. It will teach you how how to do life effectively, amen? So that's what we're gonna be getting to. So when I read, I read the Bible because I know out of experience that this is the word of God. It's where uh, God spoken directly to men of of old. Yeah, some of the translations that are newer, um, you know, some of them aren't the best in the world, but I believe the original manuscript that God spoke and men wrote down are infallible and they're the true word of God and the word of God never changes, amen? Amen. Amen. So let's get into this. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And and let me give you a a, a quick recap uh, of the verses before. Jesus was walking around and and some of the teachers uh, of of the law of of the Bible back then uh, were up there, and they were the rulers of, of the upper class. They were the ones that ran the nation of Israel, and, and their name, uh, names were the Pharisees, the priests, the, the scribes, and stuff like that, and so one of them stood up, and he was a, he was a lawyer, and all, all the lawyers were like, what, what? And, and, and so, but a lawyer stood up to test him like lawyers like to do, and, and he, he said this to Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this in verse 37. He said this. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, which is true. It was written in the Bible. You needed to love God. But then Jesus went on and he added this second part. And he said this, and the second is like what you just heard. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can I challenge you that you can't do one without the other effectively? That if you want to love God, you need to love people. That if you want to love people, you need to love God. If you want to be effective at this thing called love, you need to do both of them. Amen? 
So let's, let's look at that today. We're going to look at the life of Jesus and how we did this. And, and, but before we do that, who was at Serve Day last week? Any of, any of my Serve Day peeps in here? Good. I'm, uh, you all came. Well, most of them were in first service. And we had 188 people that came out. Not Saturday, this last Saturday, the one before, where we served eight different uh, outreaches and met the needs of so many people in a tangible way. And you can see some of the pictures on, on Instagram, on Facebook. People were posting like crazy. Uh, we actually, some of our, our, our pictures were actually posted on the National Serve Day uh, Ministry website and on their Instagram account because there were some powerful things. Yeah, you can clap. That's great. Yeah, I'll allow you. <laughs> there, there was powerful things that happened because you guys said, I'm going to give up my time, my talents, my treasures, and I'm going to go reach people with the life, love, and power of Jesus Christ. You made a difference. You did it. So give yourself a round of applause. Thank you so much for doing that. But Serve Day is an annual event. If you missed it, you're like, man, I, I, I missed it. I, I, I didn't hear for the last two months of us announcing it that it was actually happening. <clears throat> Anyway, um, and, and I, I would love, or you were on vacation because it's in the middle of summer and you're like, man, I was on vacation. I missed it this year. Well, next year, the second Saturday of July, 2020, is next year's serve day. So you can put it on your calendar so you can plan your vacations around it because it's that important. Uh, but we have it every year. It's an annual event. But I want you to know this. It's not just an annual event. Serve day should be every day. And we create opportunities for you uh, and, and everybody else to meet people where they're at in their environments and share the life, love, and power of Jesus in their sphere, in their world. Where we're not staying here, we're going out and we're spreading the power of God manifested in the love of God in action out in where people are. And you have that opportunity every month. You can go on the church website, on the outreach page under uh, getting involved, and you can look for those opportunities. In fact, the third Thursday of every month, we just had it, uh, we team up with the Family Life Center and we do something called um, the Commodities, where we're giving over 100 families groceries and, 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 and food items and sometimes home good items, things that they tangibly need that week so that way they can pay their rent instead of paying their grocery bill for two weeks or they, they can you know, um, feed their kids instead of having their kids go hungry. We actually tangibly do that. The third Thursday, everybody say third Thursday. Third Thursday of every month. Rain or shine. And I mean it. Rain or shine. It happens. Amen. I thank you. I see some of the Family Life Center people here. Love you guys. You guys are great. Um, and, but that happens at the third Thursday. We also go to nursing homes every month. Rick and Maria Martinez, I love you guys. You guys have a, the ministry where we go to nursing homes. You can get involved in every, every month. We're helping Habitat for Humanity build a home. We're doing things. The second Saturday of every month, we do something called Serve Saturday, where we get involved. We're doing things in our community, making, serving people, loving people the new norm. Because can I tell you, in America, it is not normal to love people effectively. It is not normal for people to go out of their way to strangers and love on them like Jesus did. It is not a normal thing, but we are making it the new normal, amen? And that's what you do, you can get involved. 
So that's, that's my plug for, for the outreach because, yes, I am the outreach pastor. So <laughs> let's get into this, though. But Jesus said, love God, love people. See, there's lots of organizations, though, that get involved in, and you're like, man, this annual event is great. But I want you to see today that we're going to explore the day-to-day life of somebody that I want us, uh, are we in church today? We're going to explore the life of Jesus, yeah, Jesus, and what his day-to-day life looked like and how he loved people. Because loving people is so cliche. And I'm just going to get nitty-gritty. I'll be blunt at the very beginning. I'll give a backstory. I'm Californian. I think differently than most people because I'm from California and it's the land of fruits and nuts. And and I will admit it. I think differently. I talk differently. I act differently. I haven't been in Texas. You might have been born here. You had no choice to live here. I chose to be here. So I came out as fast as I possibly could to get involved in the great nation of, I mean, state of Texas. (laughs) You're welcome. And all the former Californians said, amen, amen. And they all agreed because, you know, they don't want to admit they're from California. Right, Matt? Yeah, I threw you under the bus. So um, Lisa and Tom Durand are here. Okay, sorry, I'm calling out all the Californians. Uh, But it's so cliche to say, I love you. In fact, we just had Pride Month, and one of the slogans of of, of Pride Month is, yeah, I'm talking about Pride Month, is love is love, or you you just got to love somebody. You know, uh, in the song, as you'll see in a minute, you know, the 1993 song, What is Love? Don't, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more, And, and every millennial is like, wait, that was before I was born. And everybody who was born in the 70s and 80s like, yeah, right? You, come on, sing it, Pastor Josh. I will in a minute. Um, but it's cliche. It's a slogan. And, you know, and we had the, the, the love movement back in the 70s, you know, peace and love and make love, not war. You know, all these things are so cliche, especially in today. But what I see is I see a lot of verbs. I see a lot of words being spoken, and I don't see any action behind these words. And so today, I want to say my first point that I want you to see is what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Luke chapter 10. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. And I'm going to tell you a story. And and yes, this is the second time I'm going to bring up lawyers. I am not throwing lawyers under the bus, Kimball. I am not doing it. (laughs) I appreciate the honorable profession of lawyers. um, And they've helped me in my past. And we don't need to talk about that. But anyway, we don't talk about Pastor Joshua's past. But here we are. So, and behold, a certain lawyer, verse 25 says, stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I'm kidding, by the way. I've never needed a lawyer. And, and, and he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Let's stop right there for a minute. The, the lawyer stood up to test him like every good lawyer will do. And he tested Jesus and said, Jesus, what's the greatest law? What's the greatest commandment of all? And instead of answering this lawyer, Jesus turned around to him and he said, what's the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And what do you think it means? See, Jesus knew it was important to know what the Bible said, what the Bible said, but then he asked him this great question. 
that you and I need to get down on the deep down recesses of who we are. And he said, what do you think it means? It's okay to know what the Bible says, and in fact, we all need, should know, be able to quote scripture and, and be able to stand on, on what the Bible says. I'm not saying that's not important, but so many of us, we, we don't have that repertoire of, of knowing, you know, every verse in the Bible, you know, because you've been studying the word for so long, and there's some of us that we just know one scripture, and that's great, and that one scripture you're knowing, get it down on the inside of you. What does it mean to you? How does it apply to you? And that's what Jesus was asking of this lawyer. He said, what's the Bible say? And what do you think it means? And the lawyer was dumbfounded. And so much so, he's like, well, I'm going to quote scripture at you, Jesus, because I think that's what you're asking me. But then I'm going to score points. And I'm going to quote you. Because this is one of the lawyers. He's been following him around probably. He knew what Jesus said. And he said this, um, he said this in verse Uh, 27, and he said, so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then he added this, and your neighbor as yourself. The only way he would have known that is if he had heard Jesus. He'd been following Jesus around and he was listening. And he said, and your neighbor as yourself. And this is what Jesus said in the next verse. He says, you've answered rightly. Go and do, and go and do this and you will live. So Jesus was telling him something. He said, you answered right. You know what the Bible says, good for you. But if you want to know what love is, go and do it. It's one thing to know what love is or what you think love is and say, baby, I love you. I love you. I love you. Or, you know, we're in church, so brother, I love you. Glory to God, I love you, Troy. You are a man of God and I love you. You know, like every good churchgoer, you know, we all become more Southern when we are in church, I believe. We all get that accent. (laughs) But we all say it. But Jesus was saying there's a difference between saying it and doing it. If you want to know what love is, Love is an action, and the great, one of the, the you know, every, every teen, we got teens in here today, and, and I'm glad that the, the, the students are at summer camp, but we've got students in here today that didn't go to summer camp. Thank you for being in here, Mela. Thank you for being in here, the, the middle schoolers and some of the high schoolers. And you're, you're at that stage where you're asking your parents, man, I want to date. Mom, Dad, I love her. I want to date her. She's the one. And I want to date her before Billy gets to her. So I want, let me go out on a date with her. You know, and, and so they're all in this stage of life, and maybe you're a young adult and you're already dating and you're like, man, she looked good. She looked real good. And I found out she can cook. And all the men said, amen. And, and, um, <laughs> and so we're in this stage where we're like wanting to date and we're wanting to, we're wanting to love. We were all made to love. We were all made with the capacity to love and we were made for love. God made us to love us and we would be able to love him. It's in our nature, who we are. And so we want to love, but I want you guys to know this, especially you middle schoolers, high schoolers, young adults, love is not a feeling. Love is not, I can't fall in love and that means I can't fall out of love. Let me stop. My dad, when I was about 16 years old, I was talking to him about love, and actually I believe I was 17, 
Sorry, I lied to first service people. I said 16. I remember. It's 17 years old. And I was in a relationship, and I was telling my dad that I loved this girl, and he asked me, what is love? And in my, in my mind, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to talk and try to describe what love is, and my dad's like, that's great and all, but you're wrong, you know, as every good dad does. And, 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 and I was like, well, what is love then? And he said this. I don't remember any of the, uh, the rest of the conversation, but I do remember what he did say. And it was one of the things that have stuck with me to this day. Love is a commitment. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. And if you are in a dating relationship or you're wanting to get into a dating relationship, students or young adults and you're, or even adults, and, and, and you're wanting to get in that relationship and you feel those feelings, I've got to feel it. No, you're feeling something. That's not love. Love is an action. Love is a choice. Love is something that you are committing yourself to do. I commit myself to you for the rest of my life. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you the things that you need, the things that only I can give to you. I'm going to provide. I'm going to do these things. Girls and guys alike, you're providing for that person the things that they need that only you can give. It's a commitment. So don't go around and flippantly saying, girls, oh, I love you, because you want something. Or guys, you like her shoes, and you're like, man, I love you. And and don't go out and use that word love without understanding what it truly is. Love is a commitment. Love is something you choose to do. And then Jesus goes on and he tells this lawyer a story. And it's a story that I want to, I want to briefly go through. And it's the story of the good Samaritan. We've all heard it. We all know this. And this is a complete demonstration of saying, I love you and versus doing, I love you. And this last Saturday, we were able to do, I love you. And that's so great. But this story is of a man, and he was a Jewish man. Let's just say he's an Ameri- he's a Texas man. Glory to God. And he's on his way. He's going to work, and he's walking about, and, and suddenly he gets mugged. He gets mugged by, you know, definitely not Texans. Texans wouldn't mug somebody. And he's probably somebody from, you know... Louisiana, I don't know all the Louisiana, sorry, Pastor John. <laughs> Pastor John's like, no, that's probably true. And <laughs> I've been to Louisiana. Anyway, and he gets mugged, and here he is lying on the side of the road, Jesus is saying, and up comes a priest. Now, there's, there's, there's religious reasons why the priest passed him by, and I'll talk to those about a, a second. Real, uh, priests were not allowed to touch dead or dying things without, without losing their priestliness. They would have got kicked out as being priests. So he had a religious reason why he's not touching him. And Jesus was speaking to that reason. He's a priest. And then there were, uh, uh, just saw him and walked away. He's like, I ain't he's dead. He's dirty. He's yucky. And walked away. And, and, and suddenly a Levite comes up. And Levites were the people back then who, who kind of worked in the church. They took care of the church. They were guards at the church, making sure nobody broke into the church. They cleaned the church. They were the people that, they were, the, the people that were in church all the time, though. And suddenly, he comes up to this Texan, and he, he looks at him and takes a picture of him. And he's like, oh, I'm done. And he walks off. And then suddenly, next thing you know, a Californian walks by. <laughs> well, and this Californian, he stops on his way and helps the man. He has pity on the man like jo- Jeff does. 
You're welcome, Jeff. Kept from California, Sacramento. And, and, and he stops by this Texan, and the Texans and the Californians generally don't get along until now. And, and, but Texans generally don't like Californians, am I right? Admit it, it's okay to admit it. Okay, and, and there's this stigma of we are against you, you guys do things stupid, you're weird, we don't want anything to do with you. And back then it was Samaritans and Jews. And they were socially, they were religiously, they were, they were physically um, against each other. If a Samaritan would come by, they would, the Jews would literally walk the other way if they didn't harass them. And if a Jew walked through a Samaritan village, the Samaritans would harass them. They hated each other, hated each other. But yet this California stopped and he took care of this Texan. And he paid for the medical bills of this Texan. He took care of him and he said to the, the doctor, hey man, if you, you have any extra expenses to take care of this man, I will take care of all of those. I'll pay for it all. And then Jesus asked this, this lawyer, which of those three, the pastor, the person who works in, in the church, or, or the Californian was the greatest neighbor? I'll let you guys answer. The Californian. That's right, you're welcome. <laughs> And Jesus was demonstrating to him what love is said to be versus what love is. Love the word versus love the action. And the man, when Jesus asked him in verse 36, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said, if you wanna know what love is, Go and do likewise. You want to know what love is? Well, baby, don't hurt me. Love me. Heal me. Demonstrate what love actually is. Love is action. Love is a commitment, it's a determination, it's not a feeling. You can't fall out of love, you can't fall in love, you decide to. You decide not to love somebody. So when the Californian was walking by the Texan, he could have decided not to love that person. But instead, he loved him without saying a word, and he healed him, and he loved on him by action because it's not a feeling, it's, a, not, a, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. But it's not only an action, it's also a person. The Bible says in 1 John 4, verse 8, it says that God is love. God is love. And he came down as a man, and that man's name was Jesus, and Jesus was the embodiment of what love is in action, what love does to you, and he came and he demonstrated that love by dying on a cross and not staying there, but rising from the grave so that way he could take yours and my stupidity on the cross and bear it down to the grave, and he died and he rose again to take that stupid off of us, which is sin, and he rose and took it away because he said, I'm going to love them enough in spite of what they've done. The Bible says that when we were enemies, Christ died for us. Even when, and I can speak personally, you've heard me say it, I hated God. I resented God. I did. There was a period of my life that I resented him because I blamed him for things in my life. 
And while I resented him, while I was angry at him, while I hated him, he still died for me. And he demonstrated his love for me. He demonstrated his love. And since that means, and this is what I deduce, that if God is love, you can fill in, there's a fill in the blank if you're on live notes on, your, on, on the church app. God leads with love. I want you to know that. If there's anything else that you get from this, I want you to see that God leads with love. God leads with it. He leads with love. Everything he does for us, it's out of his capacity of love for us. Everything that he does is because of love. So have you ever had a hard time loving someone? Maybe you're, a, maybe you're a, we're in traffic this week, coming back from, from work. Oh man, it's getting real. And, and you're on your way and you're in traffic and you're bumper to bumper and suddenly a California driver drives up, bypasses everybody else, in, and the merge lane was way back there. And here you are, and this California, you can tell because of just how they look. And in California, he's trying to merge into your lane, and you're like, uh-uh, and so you get up closer, right? And then you give him, you know, you're the number one wave, and, and, and you're, you're telling him how much you appreciate him by telling him he's number one, and, 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 and you're, you're there, and you're in the moment, and you're just mad. How dare this person try to cut in? Do they not see where I am? Do they not see my face right now? Right? Right? Maybe you're a single mom and your kids are driving you nuts. <laughs> or maybe you're a dad and you were left home with the kids and they're driving you nuts. And they're not taking no for an answer. And, you're, and they're yelling and it's 105 degrees outside so it's too hot for them to go outside because all the water hoses broke or something. And the Xbox broke and the TV broke. And so all they're doing is climbing all over the walls, riding all over the walls and trying to just, just go crazy. And what is your action? You just, you know, it's just anger. Maybe you're a, maybe you're, you're a man and, and, and you look up to God and you're like, God, this woman you gave me. Is, is nagging me, or maybe you're a woman, there, we'll turn it real, uh, let's get onto safer territory for a minute. Maybe you're a woman and you say, God, this man you gave me is leaving his dirty socks all over the ground, so I'm going to get a hammer and a nail, and I'm going to tack them to the wall. <laughs> you have many opportunities <laughs> to demonstrate love to walk in love, but I want to challenge you. God leaves, leads with love first. God leads with love. So you might be asking, all right, you're saying, how do I, I need to lead with love. Well, how do I love? You might be asking yourself, how do I love? I'm saying that, okay, love is, is not a feeling, it's an action. So how, Pastor Josh, how do I, how do I love somebody effectively? How am I, and in fact, if you look at the top, Jesus was a, at the top of your notes, it gives the sermon title, and Jesus was skilled at loving people. He was a masterful, artful lover. 
And today, I'm not talking about the, the love that a spouse has for their, you know, or a father, their child, or a brother, a, you know, a, a, a sibling. I'm not talking about even the love a, a friend has for someone. I'm talking about the love that Jesus had that you and I can have for complete strangers, for people that don't look like us, who don't smell like us, who don't talk like us, who don't dress like us, and how Jesus was artful at loving them. And that's why I called the title of this message, The Art of Love. Because we all need to be, as somebody, if you call Jesus your Lord, if you've accepted Jesus as who he is into your life, and you have a relationship with Jesus, it should be just a common thing for all of us to be artful lovers. We should be so good at loving people that we are never ever accused of, of, of rejecting people. We should never be accused as Christians of, of being uh, against people. We should never be accused of hating certain groups of people. We should never say that this is our church and these are the only types of people that are welcome in our church. We should never be accused of it, ever. Jesus was an artful, so how do I love? And, and we find a, a passage of scripture that I'll allow you to read later, and it's in your, <coughs> excuse me, it's in your notes. In Matthew chapter nine, verse nine, Jesus was going about his day, and he was leaving his house, and he was walking on his way. Now, I want you to see this. And he was walking in the middle of a place where they collect taxes. This is not a place that people want to go. This is not where Jesus would socialize. Now, Jesus was considered a rabbi. Rabbis were up there. They, I mean, they were like, they were, the, they were it. Socially, economically, they were it. People respected them. Now, they, the other Jewish leaders didn't much like Jesus because they were threatened by him. I mean, he was a buff carpenter guy who suddenly knows more about the Bible than they do and speaks with more authority than they do, and people actually listened to him, and they weren't really listening to them. And so they resented him, but everybody else saw Jesus as, as respected. He had a respected position in society because he was a rabbi. But Jesus was going where rabbis shouldn't be seen except for to pay their taxes. He was going to the IRS building. Yeah, he was at the IRS. And he goes in, and there's all kinds of people that are hanging around the, you know, the tax booth where everybody is. And he walks by, and there's a man named Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector and thief because the tax collectors would pocket money, extra money, and then give the rest the amount that was needed to the government, and they would take extra for themselves. He was a man that collected money against his own people, so he was, they considered him a turncoat and, and a thief. So he was not a social, um, you didn't hang out with him if you were anybody. If you were popular, you did not hang out with him. But yet Jesus walked by where this man was working, he went through his day-to-day life and found a man that needed him. He found a man that he could love. And later that day, he also went to Matthew's house and hung around with all the thieves and tax collectors and all Jesus' followers, you know, all the other religious leaders that were following around Jesus, they looked at him, they're like, how can you have lunch with all of these sinners, he called them. How can you do this? And Jesus is like, man, because I love them. It's not the well that need me, it's everybody else. 
Jesus was a masterful artist of love. See, he said, I didn't call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Loving people cannot be done just once a year at serve day. Loving people needs to be a day-to-day thing that we do. We need to love people and look for opportunities to love people in our day-to-day lives. When we're at our job and our coworker is leaving the supplies out of the supply closet and it's all over the ground and he doesn't do his job well enough and you're just tired of, of him whining and complaining all the time and he's that one employee that's just, you're having to pick up the slack and you're just tired of him or, right, or you're just, you're, it, you're in your school and there's that, that person that's always talking behind your back and, and you're tired of how they're, how they're always spreading rumors about you or it's that one person you know, in your family that's you know, your in-law that's annoying you all the time and is always calling and wanting to spend time with you and you're like, I got no time for you, right? It's those people that you have opportunities that are on Facebook and are bashing you or whatever. You have the opportunities and you're looking for the opportunities in your day-to-day life like Jesus did to find somebody and lead with love first. We need to lead with love first. How do we love somebody? Well, Jesus is our example. The next point I want you to see is that Jesus is our example. And if Jesus was leading with love first, You and I, since Jesus is our example, need to lead with love first. If we have to take a breath, calm down that that person's trying to cut us off in traffic, we need to lead with love first. We need to be leading with love in our day-to-day lives where we're looking for opportunities. Now, I'm gonna get meddling for a second and and because I was slightly raised in this environment where Christians are notorious, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, so, so, so parents hear me, and hear my heart. Where we're raised in a community where we say, well, Christians, my, my kids can't be around non-Christians. This person doesn't look like them, they don't, they don't believe like them, their family is, is this way. Um, now, I'm not talking about safety, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I can't listen, I can't be around people that listen to secular music. I, ca- I can't associate with these people because they don't believe like me, they don't go to my church, they don't sit in my row of, uh, uh, at church, so I can't associate with the people that are you know, three rows back. We, we look for those opportunities where we're not associating with people, but Jesus went in his nor- normal day-to-day life and he went and made his normal day-to-day route around people that didn't look like him, didn't act like him, didn't believe like him, wasn't in the same social circle as him, that weren't the same color of his skin, that did, weren't Christian, that, that, weren't, that didn't believe in the same political and economic plan as him that didn't support Trump like they did, that aren't a Democrat like they are, like, that aren't uh, conservative enough like I am, that, that they're, they're, they don't believe in that marriage is between a man and a woman like I do, and so we're looking for opportunities where we don't love people. But Jesus went in his normal day-to-day route and he said, guess what? I'm looking for the people that don't look like me, don't believe like me, but that need me. Christians, we need 
People that go to church, the world needs us. People need us. Now let me give you an example if you're not sure about if you're loving somebody like Jesus did or not. I'm a white male father that's married to a woman. Here I am, I'm, I'm at a donut shop. And in walks a young black male who's not dressed like me. And he, I'm sitting down waiting for my donut. He comes down, orders, and sits down next to me waiting for his donut. What is my reaction? What is your reaction? I'm a white guy. He's a black teenager. I'm 37. He's 18. He dresses like a teenager. I dress with skinny jeans. What is my reaction? Here's another one. I'm a senior citizen who's, who's aged in life, who've already raised my kids. I'm a conservative, and suddenly a woman who's holding a political magazine in her hands and has got six screaming children comes behind me in line. What is my reaction? Am I thinking in my head, why can't she ma- control her children? Why is she reading that garbage? What is she doing? And as my initial reaction or my initial judgment of people, here's another one. A husband and wife with their children are sitting at a, at a restaurant waiting to be sat and a same-sex couple comes in and sits right next to them waiting for a table. What's your reaction? Do you get up and leave? People need you. And just because they don't look, act, talk, smell, believe like you, doesn't mean that Jesus didn't die for them. And Jesus went out of his way to reach them just as much as he came to reach you. And how can I choose based on somebody's creed, color, or place of origin if I'm going to love them or not. I can't. How do I love people? With action. With action. And so when that young man comes and sits next to me, I'm not just seeing a young black team that I'm nervous around because now here's my thing. Hear me. Our initial reactions are uncomfortability when we are around things that we're not used to. And if I'm not used to hanging out with somebody of a different color than I am, my initial reaction is uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying this about myself. We are not comfortable with the things that we are, we're uncomfortable with the things that we're unfamiliar with. It's just true. If I'm a young black man and I come into an all white establishment, I'm uncomfortable. If I'm, if, I'm, uh, um, if I'm this and they're that, I'm uncomfortable because that's not what I'm used to. I'm not judging you based on that. Do hear my heart. I'm tr- I, I am not judging you. I'm just stepping on your toes. There's a difference. But what is your decided action after your initial reaction? You might be saying, Pastor Josh, you're saying to lead with love first. And I didn't. 
I judged that person based on the color of their skin, or they're wearing a burqa, or they're, they're, they're same sex, or they're a Democrat, or they're a Republican. I'm judging them based on something that's different than me. I'm not, I'm not judging you on that. But I will ask you this question. You might not have led with love first, but will you end with love last? If you're not leading with love first, you still have a second chance to end with love last. So my challenge for you today is this, and hear my heart, that even though you have been saying certain things or believing certain things in your mind or you've felt certain things about other people, you have a chance you have a chance that maybe you didn't lead with love first, but that you can end with love last, and you can make a difference in people's life that don't look, believe, act, or smell like you. You can make a difference just like Jesus did in the lives of people because they're waiting for you. I was waiting for someone. You were waiting for somebody to love you. You're that person. Be that person that leads with love first and ends with love last. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.